0: Hello everyone, thanks for joining us today. We'll be on mute for a little bit while everyone logs in.
1: Hello, and thanks for joining. We'll get started in just a moment.
0: Okay, thank you for joining us today. My name is Leah Freeberg from Fluke Reliability, and thanks for joining us for this best practices webinar. You probably know Fluke is a test tools provider, and you may also know that we produce some of the industry's favorite reliability tools from infrared cameras to vibration meters, but you may not know that many of the measurements that our tools collect now flow automatically into EAM systems of record. And it happens via a framework that we call Fluke Connect. Our goal at Fluke Reliability is to better connect asset management data and teams with asset management systems so that we can drive connected knowledge. And of course, that knowledge depends greatly on best practices in condition-based maintenance. So that's why this series of webinars explores reliability maintenance strategies. and That's why we feature speakers from a variety of expert backgrounds. So before the presentation, we have a few housekeeping items to go over. Today's session is being recorded, so your phone lines are muted to minimize background noise. We will save time after the presentation for your questions but if questions come up during the presentation, please do use the questions feature on GoToWebinar to submit your comments as we go. So take a minute now, find the questions tool in the dashboard. At the end of the talk, I will share as many of your questions as time allows for our presenter to answer. And if we have unanswered questions at the end, we'll follow up direct to you with written answers. If you'd like to receive the slides from today's presentation, please let us know during the survey that will appear at the end of today's session. Don't hang up until the survey appears and you've answered the questions. We're also happy to send you a certificate of attendance after today's webinar. You'll see a question on the survey about getting a certificate. Answer yes, and we'll send one to you. A recording of this webinar will be available on the excelex.com website within a day or two. And that's it for housekeeping. So now for the main event. Today we are very pleased to have with us Greg Perry, Senior Consultant with Fluke Reliability. He'll be presenting on 10 keys to CMS implementation success. Greg is a Senior Capacity Assurance Consultant with Fluke Reliability. He's a Certified Reliability Leader with nearly two decades of experience in maintenance and operational best practices. Greg is dedicated to positive client relationships while bringing to the table a broad base of experiences in the areas of MRO and storerooms, world-class maintenance principles, world-class MMS consultation, and leadership. In addition to delivering implementation and consultative services to his clients, Greg also presents maintenance best practices sessions at leading industry conferences and has authored several online best practices webinars. Welcome, Greg, and thank you so much for being with us today.
1: My pleasure, appreciate it.
0: So Greg, um, your topic today applies to SEMA messages in general, right?
1: Yes, in general.
0: Very good. And if you will forward to the next slide, I think we're starting with the poll. Absolutely. All right. So audience, this is your turn to get in the action. I'm going to switch the poll live and you're going to get to answer the questions if you can't click on any of the options here, then reduce your screen size. If you've maximized your screen size, that'll prevent you from answering, All right? So give it a try now. What is your most important driver for seeking to implement the CMMS? Is it aligning people and processes with organizational goals and objectives? Is it aiding continuous improvement initiatives to achieve targets? Is it increasing visibility and accountability or is it capturing maintenance costs and activities? Now, obviously multiples of these apply. So we're asking you to kind of stack rank it and pick the one that is the most relevant, the most important to you uh, for implementing a CMS. And I'm gonna give you a couple of extra seconds here because there's a lot to read, this uh, some thinking. I know it's always unfair when we give you a but more than one kind of thing applies, but we have about half the votes in for what is your most important driver We're seeking to implement a CMMS. And as Greg just said, he's got familiarity with a variety of CMMS systems. You should take what he says as some overall guidance, not system specific. And it's important to know where you're coming from, what your chief objective is. Alignment, continuous improvement, visibility, cost. Okay, I've got 70% of the votes in. So I'm gonna share the results with us now. Looks like we've got a pretty good split. 24% saying aligning your people and processes with the objectives, 31% continuous improvement, 17% increasing visibility, and 29% capturing maintenance costs. Greg, how does that compare to what you usually see?
1: That's about spot on. Um, And to the credit for everybody that chose an answer, every one of these is the right answer. Okay, Um, there isn't a wrong answer in this one, but uh, trying to figure out uh, where's people's mindset really, okay, when it comes to what's your aim and and why are you implementing a CMS to begin with? And it sounds like it's pretty um, split to me um, that there are a good, healthy level of people in process, um, goals and objectives, and also some continuous improvement initiatives. and also adding visibility and accountability. And also with what we're really doing with the CMMS at the end of the day is really capturing maintenance costs and activities, Uh, total cost of ownership of the asset. So pretty well divided. Good.
0: Well, I'm gonna turn control back over to you, Craig, and you can take it away.
1: All right, right, will do. Thank you, Leah. Um, right, so, uh, I, I appreciate that. All right, so great introduction. I appreciate that. I won't uh, go into any more introduction of myself, of who I am, but um, um, this is going to be agnostic to any particular CMMS uh, for those out there that are familiar um, with EMATE. Okay, so um, I was part of the acquisition uh, when Fluke purchased EMATE. And so I was an emate employee prior to that, been with e now eight years. And prior to that, I was a maintenance reliability consultant. Um, and prior before that, I was actually uh, a field engineer for another CMMS company. Um, and then before that, I was actually a practitioner using um, that particular CMMS. So all that I'm gonna be presenting today is agnostic to any particular CMMS or EAM system. Um, so with that being said, uh, this is going to be uh, talking about, very quickly, we're going to look at functionality of a CMS. we're also going to very quickly look at the purpose of a CMS, why our organization needs a CMS, and that's why we had the poll question. Um, and then we're going to dive into the actual meat and potatoes of this whole presentation, the 10 keys of CMS implementation success, and then round it out with a Q&A. Um, so this, this whole 10 keys to CMMS implementation it is really, after you see what they are, it, it makes sense, okay? Um, and it's not just 10 keys to a CMMS implementation success. I also want you to be open-minded and think of this as 10 keys to any initiative implementation success. Okay, and so a CMMS implementation is an initiative, and it could be part of uh, many different work streams. It could be its own work stream underneath one whole initiative, and we'll go back to that a little bit more full circle when we get into the end of the presentation. Um, So with that being said, what is a CMMS? All right, so as you all probably know, If it's not on the internet, it's not true, right? So you go to the internet, you go to Wikipedia, and you type in CMMS, and the definition that you get is up top. It's a software package that maintains a computer database of information about an organization's maintenance operations. CMMS data may also be used to verify regulatory compliance. And that's it in a nutshell, right? But is it also by any other name? Okay, Enterprise Asset Management Tool, if you want. It's a CMMS. Um, Really today, we're, we're kind of blurring the lines between what is really just a CMMS and what is classified as an enterprise asset management tool. Um, but notice I keep saying the word tool because that's really what it is. So what is a CMMS? It is a tool that you use um, in the course of um, your maintenance operations day to day. Okay. And so what is it not is more important. So a CMMS in itself okay notice i said not eam i said cms is not a financial system it's not a procurement system all by itself and the one thing is for sure not and i will probably drive this home throughout this presentation as much as i can it is not a magic wand it is not a magic beam it is not going to usher in and bring you reliability and i have Stood behind my statement for for a number of years now um, Especially as we entered into industry 4.0 You will never technology yourself to reliability Ever you're not going to software yourself to reliability ever So quit looking at this being a CMMS is going to bring you reliability It's going to bring you um, something that you didn't create to begin with Okay, so that's not what it is. It's a tool to help you along your your journey, is what it is. But it is not a magic wand. Um, Just know that, please. Uh, I see too many times that um, people think that uh, EAMs or CMMS systems bring about reliability. It doesn't. Okay, it helps you with it. That's for sure, because it's a tool. So what is the functionality of a CMMS? Well, it brings together all of these different areas of operability in management. All right, so everything from managing assets to managing your parts inventory, from managing purchase order, uh, procurement side, from managing, of course, work work execution with work orders and charges that are applied. Um, It gives you the ability to have work requests or, or identified work and a way for users to put in identified work. Um, that can be approved and scheduled and passed on. Um, It brings together a big Rolodex, right? So of contacts, of of all of employees, suppliers, vendors, um, contractors, what have you. Um, And of course, it brings about all of this information so that you can report out, understand the data that you're collecting. That's obviously the importance of a CMMS um, if you're not getting out of your CMMS the data that you're expecting, then obviously it's worthless, right? And so we'll have a slide deck on that in a minute, but you uh, can kind of emphasize that a little bit more. But yeah, it's a report writer. It's also a place to go in and usher in a schedule of maintenance, okay? Um, we're, we're looking at preventive actions, all right? Preventive action task or task library, where do your job plans reside, all right? So it's a um, central storage area, right? of all your information and all your data and how you go about doing your maintenance operations. And of course, now with Industry 4.0, Um, we've gotten a little heavier on a couple of areas of the CMMS software with condition monitoring, asset help screening, and also being able to bring in aggregate data and um, other data sources and actually being able to use this data for the first time and actually have it merge within your CMMS realm so that it helps you with work execution. Um, So that's really where Industry 4.0 is talking about the digitalization of being digitized all right so when we say industry 3.0 that's really where we started we kind of get into the digital era that's where we swifted uh, or shifted swifted <laughs> not swiftly but we shifted i can't say it i'm crazy i can't say that so i'm not going to try it again that's where we uh shifted from analog to digital this is where you went from those crazy index cards that's where you went from paper to going into spreadsheets and then going into databases all right that's industry 3.0 that was where the cmms was born okay and now we're in industry 4.0 and now we are digitalizing our digital processes Okay, and we're augmenting that with, with more feature sets. So this isn't uh, the slide deck you're looking at here. This isn't everything that a CMMS does. This is just really what could fit on one screen that you can digest very easily. Um, trust me, if I were to go in here and put every little uh, chicklet in here on what a CMMS does, it would look so busy you, you wouldn't understand what's going on. All right, so... What is the purpose of the CMMS? And, and the bullet down really simple. It is the historian of empirical and physical data storage, okay? And, and that's an important word to, to kind of key on, empirical. So we talk about empirical data. Empirical means observed so this is observational data and also the physical data storage so this is where you can load up documents this is where you can load in pictures this is where you can have other physical data that's actually put together into one house okay so it is the historian of all things empirical and physical data it does help you manage and control your work management parse usage processes okay following maintenance reliability best practices definitely helps you with planning and uh, planning and scheduling and that way and everything um, and then tracks maintenance activity over the life cycle and asset. So really, there's other purposes of a CMMS. Yeah, there really are. But this are the main three. If we think about it and we want to boil it down to the common denominator, it's really just these points. Okay. Um, why does an organization need a CMMS? Well, it tells the story of the asset. Okay, it tells a story of the health of the asset. It also tells a story of maintenance as well. So if you think about it, um, uh, you know, it, it, if I needed to go in here and actually have an area that I could, or use a tool that I can actually document what we do, your CMMS is gonna be that tool. It aids in reduction of operational cost, obviously. Eliminates manual analog processes. Remember that whole industry 3.0 piece. Improves customer satisfaction. Cornerstone of work execution management, can't emphasize that enough, increases visibility and transparency, helps meet and ensure regulatory standards, and also increases worker productivity. And these are just a few bullet points of why an organization needs a CMMS. So this whole webinar is not to sell you a CMMS, that's not the point, the purpose, but it's to try to get an understanding of why did you choose to go with a CMMS to begin with? And why do you want to implement a CMMS, okay? So you should be able to check some of these boxes of the reason why. You don't wanna go at this just kind of willy-nilly, all right? And so if you try to go about it willy-nilly, you really don't know where to begin and you don't know how to implement a CMMS. And so when I looked at some of these pictures here, um, two of these um, ring true to me, actually one rings really true to me. So how are these images related? So how is a fortune cookie related to an an elephant's foot on a plate with a fork and a knife? So years ago, years ago, I told you in a former life, I was actually a field engineer for for another CMMS company. And I was tasked with um, being the project manager of a large implementation. I'm talking about 256 different maintenance shops nationwide how are we gonna implement a CMMS that wide and that grand? So, as soon as I was told that I'm gonna be the project manager, of course, I've got a huge lump in my throat, how are we gonna go about doing this? I had no clue. So, what do we normally do when we're stressed, right? We go get comfort food. So, well, I had to say self admittedly, Chinese food is my comfort food. So, that night I got some uh, great Chinese and there was my fortune cookie. And when I opened it up, guess what the fortune cookie said? Begin. The rest is easy. And it made sense to me. This is how you eat an elephant. Okay. And so, where do we begin? How do I put this into proper perspective so that I can channel what all needs to get done in implementing the CMS? How do I put, make sure that my um, proverbial ducks are in a row? Okay, and how do I know what to do first, second, third, fourth, fifth? All right, and so I just started doing, and out of doing, it came – clear that there there's actually a recipe here there there is something to follow here there's a roadmap that helps me implement the CMMS from across multiple different um, sites okay it doesn't matter if you're doing more than one plant if you're doing more than one campus you're doing more than one site you're doing more than one department it doesn't matter it all is scalable all right so that leads us to the meeting of the presentation, 10 keys to CMS implementation success. And pay close attention to the actual image on the screen here. Now, what do you see? You, know, you, you see the cart before the horse, don't you? <laughs> well, that's what happens so many times. Um, and I guess I've probably implemented a nearly, it's gotta be over 300 CMS implementations you know, so far in my, in my lifetime. And I can tell you that there is a small percentage of CMMSs that I've implemented where the actual horse was in front of the cart. It's it's okay, I guess that's the natural order of things, that's how things happen, but most times, Um, For whatever reason, um, the the one seeking the implementation usually had their cart before the horse and because they weren't properly thinking, what do I need to have in place? What does success look like? And what do I need to be doing first, second, third, fourth, fifth? What are the steps that I can follow? Where's the recipe? And so these 10 key steps I hope will help you understand what you need to have in place, um, first, second, third, fourth, put things in proper perspective and in order so that you, when you are implementing your CMS, you're not going to find the cart in front of your horse. All right. So first step in the 10 steps. Okay. And these are, uh, they are steps. So they are in somewhat logical order. Okay. Um, so we say 10 keys, but we say 10 steps really. But in step number one, implementation team, you it this is paramount. This is key. Who is going to be the cross-functional internal team members? These are your stakeholders from your organization um, that you're installing the CMMS with. Uh, Who are they? Are they from maintenance, operations, materials management, information technology, planning, purchasing, finance, management, consultants? They need to be brought together. And we need to understand who is involved, who is impacted. Okay, Um, Everybody that's going to be here, that's part of the implementation team is going to have some impact with some portion of the CMS, and, you know, either maybe just from the procurement side or just from the business operations side or just from um, uh, management side or just from what have you, they're going to have a key input into and a key interest into this. So make sure that you have a cross-functional team that's already organized and brought together. Okay, and make sure that this team understands why that you're implementing the CMS to begin with. Okay, and then so there's no surprises because everybody will have their own agenda, but we don't want that. We want transparent agendas with an implementation team. We need to know what is our shared mission, our shared vision, and what's our shared aim, and why we're doing this across these cross-functional array. Okay, so I don't want this CMMS to be implemented just from an information technology purview, okay? Because what's going to end up happening is is you're going to short sheet the maintenance or operations or the materials management. You're going to short sheet purchasing or planning or finance, and we don't want to do that. Likewise, I don't want this to be a CMMS implementation that is solely slanted towards just procurement, okay? Because then the rest of the stakeholders are not going to have an equal say or an equal play, or an equal share within this implementation all right i need to make sure that i have cross-functional ownership of this implementation not just one department now granted if the cmms is being implemented just solely for the purpose of materials management in which we've i've encountered a few of those along my, my journey as well well that's fine if that's solely just the reason why we're putting in the CMS is just to help with, with parts and parts management. That's that's understood. But that's the exception. That's not usually the norm. The usual, the norm is, this is a CMMS cross-functional software platform where many different departments and many different stakeholders are going to want to utilize and and capitalize upon this new tool that you're putting in. All right, They want a part of the PI. All right, they wanna be part of the team. So make sure this implementation team is level set. Make sure that we all agree on what our vision and mission and our aim is. All right, and this is not just slanted towards just one of their purviews. So after you've got your implementation team, all right, and we've got them selected. Make sure that you have some champions in, that are coming out of this team, okay? So make sure we also have your executive sponsorship that's involved in the team. This is your senior leadership. Make sure that we have um, somebody on the team that understands project management, <laughs> okay? Um, somebody that can assure the implementation's on track. Somebody that can also uh, work as the analyst okay in the role of an analyst make sure that we also have subject matter experts that are present okay and also make sure that we have IT staff members involved because this is going to be um, uh, uh, impacting their world as well and make sure that uh, you also provide the um, implementation consultants provide specific expertise now that may be sound like I'm drumming my own drum but I can tell you Your implementation consultant doesn't necessarily have to be a third party. It doesn't have to be, say, if we're implementing one of our CMMSs at Fluke, it doesn't have to be a Fluke consultant. It can be an outside consultant. It can be a third party consultant and or it could be somebody that's got experience with implementing CMMSs that's already on your team. Okay, but make sure that we have um, a cross-functional implementation team in place. It's very important because they're gonna have roles and responsibilities that are gonna be assigned to them throughout the implementation project. And this is also gonna be our way of doing checks and balances, okay? That's step two, all right? Core team familiarization. All right, so what do I mean by this? Um, Can't stress this one enough. Understand the functionality of the new CMMS platform, okay? really do yourself a favor and do your due diligence and and understand what the new platform can and cannot do. Okay, and if you can afford yourself any kind of upfront overview or training of what this new platform can do, um, do yourself a big favor and pursue that uh, system overview and training, even before you implement it. Okay, and the reason why is the core team, okay, they have to understand how the system works, all right, because we're fixing to start getting into some other steps where some decisions are going to be made, and if the core team doesn't understand how the system works, then they're not going to be able to make these decisions effectively, because the worst mistake, okay, is to assume, all right, and to assume that the system does something that clearly it doesn't, or you are trying to whiteboard how you think the system should work. Um, I am going to throw something under the bus here, not somebody, but I've heard this time and time again uh, being thrown out at me as an implementation consultant many times. Well, Greg, it's just software. Change it. It's just software. You can code whatever you want to code. Careful. (laughs) Careful. (laughs) You got to understand this is what is called a system, not software. Software, yes, kind of easy, but for a system, no. Now, when I change something upstream, it's going to break something downstream. And if I break something downstream, it's going to break something upstream. Now, I'm actually going in there and messing with a system, all right? So, we really need to understand what does that system uh, do? What's the functionality? How does it work? And maybe we'll learn something. Maybe we'll be able to go in there and actually apply a new business process. And we'll get to that here shortly. Okay. But take your core team, assemble them, make sure that they're all in alignment with what the vision and the mission and the aim is and why we're doing this. And then also make sure that this core team has familiarization with each of the areas of functionality. So if we go back to the slide before and we talk about some of those roles, well, that means that whoever's going to be over in procurement and MRO, make sure they understand how that CMMS platform handles parts management and inventory management and purchasing, okay, Um, and, and get a good overview And get a good understanding a core understanding of what that is and if we're talking with a planner and scheduler make sure they understand how work orders work and how scheduled work orders work and things of that nature all right how do we assign work orders how do we schedule work orders how does the functionality of the software work and so that they get an understanding of what it does so each of these areas from areas of management they might want to know well can I use this tool for dashboarding Is there dashboarding reporting features what can we use here within my area of expertise and my role that i'm actually going to be participating in so that's what i mean by the core team each one of those roles understand the areas of the software that's going to impact their stakeholdership okay that's step two make sure that you get that done then progress into step three okay um if i It was asked, and I've had been asked several times, you know, what's the one single key that is probably the most important? And I would have to put the emphasis on step three, workflows, SOPs, and process control documentation. Um, Simply just do yourself a huge favor and do this. Document how you do things today. Um, Trust me when I say implementation isn't the time to figure it all out. You don't figure out how you're doing things while you're implementing the system, while you're implementing the CMS. You need to have already done the due diligence and have documented what your workflows look like. You should already have established standing operating procedures on how things get done. And if you're lucky enough to actually have process control documents already drawn up, then you're just ahead of the game. But if I would say the most important key is this one: have this basic workflow process is mapped out prior okay so if I've got my core team and the core team understands the core functionality of the new seamless platform okay and then we start looking at do we have all of our workflow processes documented Do I know how we go about the business of asset management, lifecycle management? Do I have the processes mapped out for work request, identifying work, work order management, work execution, all the way from scheduled maintenance, routine work, emergency work? How do we go about um, the processes of MRO management and our spare parts management and also procurement? Do we have that documented? Do we know what we do today? And I can tell you that it's okay to um, have an ugly mapping, okay? Or or an ugly workflow, it's okay. At least you have something to start with. Do yourself a huge favor and put together a workflow process of your as is of how you're doing things today. here is planning and scheduling coordinating process. It's, it's, it's a real quick Visio chart of uh, going in and looking at, this is exactly how we do planning and scheduling. Um, get this mapped prior, okay? Before you even begin getting into any implementation, make sure that you have workflows documented. And it doesn't have to be this fancy either. It can be just as simple as an outline. It can be as simple as swim lanes. It can be as simple as just written out, this is what we do. And in the roles that are responsible for each one of these areas. Um, but, but do yourself a huge favor and map out your workflows. I, I can't really emphasize that one enough. Um, make sure your SOPs and process control documents are together if you can. Um who is responsible and also look at key metrics okay so when you're putting together some of these um process control documents and you're documenting your, document, your as is developed okay um go ahead and identify in each one of these steps you know just can put a little marker by each one if you want i don't have it on display here but just just imagine um having a little in an indicator like maybe a diamond with an exclamation point in it and so This step actually is key to metrics and KPI information. Have you done that? Have you even stopped to think about which processes out here that we have in our workflows actually impact, drive KPIs and metrics? Okay, Um, a lot of people haven't put that much thought into it when they start implementing in the cms all right they just think the cms comes preloaded with certain reports and that's what they need and that's what they'll use and then they'll just use them and then uh, try to reverse engineer um, right. uh, some of their processes just based off of canned reports that are in the cms not good not good at all as a matter of fact um, reports and KPIs whenever we do an initial implementation of a CMS, unless they are already established with your organization, that is not the time for us to even talk about it. We don't even talk about reports and KPIs, okay, because you don't have the data to support them yet. That hasn't been created yet. But if you have taken the time and the due diligence to map out your processes and your workflows and you started to indicate that some of these processes actually impact our metrics and KPIs and you're able to go in there and and notate that and which one of these processes is driving a uh, key metric which drives key KPIs then wow now we've actually got the basic building blocks and we actually can address basic reporting from an initial implementation but in absence of this we don't even look at it It's just too soon, okay? Um, So I encourage, encourage, document your SOPs and PCDs, document your workflows, and have all this done as step three, okay? As much as possible. And also trying to identify key uh, metrics and KPIs that are going to be a part of the processes, okay? So it is inevitable so when you're doing your document workflows and key processes and business processes um, you're going to have your as is and then you're going to go and look at while we're implementing the CMS, we might find that some of our new business processes okay some of these business processes will have to be um adapted okay because if we're adopting the cms in this platform and what it can do remember step two i already know what it can do what it can't do we may end up having to change some of our business processes okay so it is inevitable either you will need to adopt new business processes to adapt to your new cms platform or your newly adopted cms platform will have to adapt to your existing business processes it's one of the order okay but it's very hard for the for the CMMs platform to adapt when you don't have your workflows proce, uh, process documented <laughs> and you don't have any of your business processes documented, it's very difficult. All right. So what you end up doing is changing some of your business processes just to fit the default CMMs platform. Now, most CMMs today are built on best practices, and that's that's understood, and it should be. Um, I wouldn't expect anything less um, so you can pretty much have be a safe bet that goes with what the CMMS has in place it will follow best practices in most cases yes but then again um, if you're putting in your CMMS to help you define what your process should be isn't that kind of reactive and if you think about it kind of dangerous so if your stakeholders that are cross-functional and have key stakeholder um, ownership in each one of these areas of the software and they're involved with with, helping making sure our workflows are documented and our process control documents are in place then you can start going about making business decisions on what do you need to change is your business process as is need to be changed or is this something that we can actually have the CMMS adopt in other words this is not a let's just uh, roll the dice and find out trust me during the initial implementation of CMS ms is not the time to do that all right step four data standards so set about going and looking at what is the data going to look like is it standardized okay and do we know what our tables of data are going to be do we know what the fields are going to be the field properties behaviors data types do we know what the data entry nomenclature is going to be do have we standardized our asset descriptions have we standardized our parts descriptions have we standardized um, as much as we can across the board with our data so if you're also in fda um, compliance in your industries that fall up on any CFR 20.11, this is also an area where you've got to go in there and standardize your data and make sure that we have rules that we're following with data standards. All right, um, if you're over in maintenance reliability, then have you got your maintenance codes defined? Do you know what your work categories are gonna be, your types, your work subtypes? Do you know what your job statuses are gonna be? Do you have your work order priorities with time defined intervals defined? Do we know, do, do we have our asset data um, in a proper hierarchical format you know, with asset types, subtypes? Do we have PNID information? Do we have the appropriate attributes that we need? Um, do we have from a business sense our accounting codes in place? Do we have that to um, so where you know, we, we know what we're doing with our accounting codes, our, our GNLs, and also the r m data, reliability data coding? Um, that's an empirical asset data I'm talking about this is the observational based off a of cause action failure codes do we have any of that in place okay um, during the CMMS implementation more often than not I find that this is where step four becomes uh, defined and in that can throw monkey wrenches into your implementation that can actually throw in um, stop gaps that we don't want. This can also cause us to go off into tangents in our implementation. We don't want that. Now is not the time when I'm actually implementing the CMS to be doing data standardization. So all of this is what you're uh, starting to pick up is these are precursor work to the actual implementation of the software. Okay. So notice step five is going to come up next but we're gonna
0: have a poll question right now I'm gonna turn this back over. (laughs) Thank you for allowing us to interrupt for just a moment. Um, This is fantastic and uh, based on the questions, it sounds like people are getting a lot of value at it. It's a reminder, you are all allowed to ask questions as we go. But for right now, uh, if you have your screen maximized, shrink it back down so you can answer. And again, more than one of these may apply, but you have to pick just one. Why do you think that many CMMS implementations fail? And you can base this on what Greg has said so far. You can base this on your own personal knowledge. Is it lack of vision, poorly defined objectives, lack of management buy-in, or insufficient training? Again, based on the questions that have come in, I know that there are some people that have some experience in this. um, But uh, I'm not going to bias your answers. So you decide which of these has the biggest impact on causing a CMS implementation to fail. I'd love to get about 75% of the audience participating here so we have a good segment um, and can truly say, and again, of course, this helps uh, inform the rest of our presentation here and gets you the best value that we can today. So why do you think that uh CMMS implementations fail? I'm gonna give it about oh, five or 10 more seconds here, and we'll try to get as many votes as we can in and then I'm going to close it down. One more second, and here we go. All right, oh, I think we have a clear vote here. So 9% have said lack of vision, but 49% have said uh, poorly defined objectives. And we have some background noise. I'm not quite sure who that is there, but uh, if someone can mute, that would be great. We have 22% uh, lack of management buy-in and 21% insufficient training. And remember, people have had to choose just one here. So, Greg, what do you say about this?
1: It's no uh, <laughs> it's no surprise for the poorly defined objectives being nearly 50%. Is that what you said? But 49%?
0: Right.
1: Um, Yeah. Definitely poorly defined objectives. So in other words, um, steps one, two, three, and four weren't handled properly.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Um. What was the percentage? I'm sorry of the lack of management buy-in. Twenty-two percent. Twenty-two percent. So that means you didn't get uh, or secure as part of one of your core team there, um, mm-hmm. executive sponsorship. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. Mm-hmm um so yeah definitely interesting answers but um again no no wrong answer here um you just had to choose which one you feel that is is the most appropriate and poorly defined objectives i'll have to align i thought i would actually be a little higher but uh yeah
0: it's a it's a good showing though okay i'm gonna mm-hmm. hide this and get back to you
1: okay we will do so um i do have to kind of give it an apology so we are um, operating here, me and my wife in, in one small office. Um, we're still part of the uh, uh, COVID, right? So we're required to work from home. So if you hear any background noise, that is that is her doing her job. Um, so I apologize beforehand, but um, we'll try to I'll try to talk over her as much as I can, and she'll just continue to give me ugly looks. All right. <laughs> All right. Step five. This is uh, really. Um, Important. Okay. So system and data planning. This is where you actually plan your implementation. This is not step one. Okay. I need precursor work to get done before I get to here. All right. So once I've done, um, I've got my core team. My core team has a familiarization of the CMS platform of where it's, uh, what it can do. More importantly, what it can't do in the areas of focus. Um, And then I also have my uh, process control documentations, my workflows, my SOPs brought together. All of this. Um, And now I'm ready to go and look at um, how I now, how am I going to eat that elephant? Because you remember that foot on the plate. How am I going to go about doing this? Okay. And also my data standards are put together. I've done my data standardization. I've actually plotted out what my data is going to look like or what my core fields are going to be, uh, what my maintenance codes are going to be. All of that is done. And I'm ready now to plan my implementation. So this is where we actually define the initial implementation timeline. This is where you also define your go-live succession. This is your go-forward plan. How are we going to roll this out? Are we going to roll this out um, to one area of the plant? Yes. Are we going to roll it out to just one plant and then make it a, a what we call a gold standard or pilot CMMS rollout initiative? Am I going to... Um, Uh, roll this out with just one department within the within the organization how are we going to do this have we put some thought to it okay and then we're also going to go in there and look at our critical success factors okay so you probably already did that when you were searching for the the cms vendor i'm pretty sure that you've put together what your critical success factors are in other words what do i need the system to do um, to be Um, or at least have in place so that we can check the boxes and say this was a successful initial implementation all right so have you taken the time to write those out to put them together and then um, how about the data identifying the the data acquisition the the simulation needs the data collection integration interfacing I mean how where's the data coming from are we doing a data conversion from one established CMS platform to another are we bringing in spreadsheets? Do I have to go in and set Tom down at the end of the table and have him do a, a brain dump of all the assets and all the information, his tribal knowledge, and put that into a, a spreadsheet? What, wh- where is the data coming from? And, and then is it ready? Okay, do we know what we need to do? Do we need to do data collection? Do we need to go on site and collect data? Do we need to do PM build outs? but what do I need to do? So this is where you start planning all that. Um, we also start looking at data systems alignment. Are we looking to interface CMMSs with procurement systems, CMMS with financial systems, vice versa? What, what, what are we looking here? What are our implementation integrations, all right? Which ones can be part of the initial implementation and which ones can be phased into maybe phase two or phase three? Okay, but remember, this is your initial implementation. And so how much of that elephant can I really eat during my initial implementation? Let's not try to cram everything into one. Okay, we have a little staying in in software, um, which is true. Um, It says done is better than perfect. How many I I would ask, I wish I had a poll question where I can ask how many, how many out there actually um, agree to that statement? How many actually? Um, practice that done is better than perfect how many people understand what that means um, in this case when you're talking about initial implementation done is better than perfect because if you sat around and waited to get all your I's dotted and your T's crossed and everything has to be um, you know pitch perfect before you actually consider it yes we're, we're finished with our initial implementation you're never gonna be there you're 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 never gonna be there. All right. So just realize that we need to make sure that during step five, we're going in and looking at what can we get done during the initial implementation, what's important, what's second and what's third. Okay. We need to outline that. And then we also need to understand where all of these moving pieces are and then what state of readiness are we in all these moving pieces. And that's where you probably will need to leverage the experience of a CMS implementer for guidance. And like I said, part of your team, that could be somebody that's outside, third-party vendor, or it could be internal to your organization. But help you go in there and actually um, leverage and their experience to help you understand what's important with uh, first, second, third, fourth priorities. Okay. So that is step five. Again, notice it's not step one. You would think that it is, but it's not. This is to get everything done first that we need to in steps one, two, three, and four, and then set about step five. Now, step six, data population and validation. You know, as a graph says here, as a picture says, garbage in, garbage out, of course. Um, But making sure that our data is ready, okay? It is definitely critical for your CMS implementation, but it's got to make sure that that um, we're not just throwing whatever into the system right we can't do that but so we need to go in there and say well we did our data standardization in step four so let's go about actually applying that with the data that we're going to be putting into the cms if this is the step where we actually are doing data cleansing and data alignment this is where we're doing this Is this a step where we actually needed to go out there and do data collection that we um, planned for in step five in our implementation plan? Then this is where we're gonna go and set about executing data collection, okay? And this is also the data uh, assimilation stage, all right? And again, this is not the time to go in there and start applying data standards. That should have been done in step four, okay? We don't wanna go in here and just just do it by the seat of our pants and, and in the moment. I Any mean, time anytime that you're doing anything in the moment by the seat of your pants, you're doing it with emotion and we don't want to do that, okay? We wanna make sure that we, we apply proper due diligence and focus onto this data. So in step six, it's all about data. Focus on your data, okay? Important, don't throw it into a mess and then come back and go, well, I, I, I guess we need to go about cleaning up the data Um, Well, all you did there was delay your your actual launch. Believe it or not, even though you've launched, you're really delaying your launch. So here we are again. We're we're extending your implementation timeline out. And the longer we extend that out, the lesser the chance of CMMS adoption from the user base. Just remember that. So let's try to make sure our data is right. Our data is going in the correct format. It's all aligned, it's scrubbed, it makes sense, it's ready to go. This is the time to call the data as well. there's some data that you don't want to bring in there, okay? So there's no need to put dead wood into the CMS. If you can eliminate it, do it in this step. Go ahead and do your data culling all right and we're also going to go in there and look at data acquisition from aggregate data um and trying to uh, figure out is this data coming from APIs SCADA is this coming from building automation systems where we're we getting this aggregate data from all right now you might not actually deploy it in stage six or step six but you know, at least you make that's part of the game plan and we understand that this data is coming in well is it has to follow the certain standards right well now is not the time. Step seven, system configuration acceptance testing. Okay, This is where we're actually going in and setting up the system to receive the data. And this is where we're setting it up to also interplay with those workflows and how we do things. Okay, And this is where we start tying all these modules of the CMS together and they all start to start playing nice together. Okay, And so, The system configuration acceptance testing is to make sure that we have all our forms, fields, drop-downs, table data, intuitive interactions, autonomous interactions, everything is in place. This is where we're actually going in and setting the system up for the first time. Okay. Um, Following any of your as-is workflows that have been documented, and remember you may end up having some new business processes created out of this. So you will have some uh, process flow refinement from workflows. All right. And this is also the step where we're doing acceptance testing. So once we've got our assets in there, let's go in there and kick the tires. Is the asset loaded the way that we want it loaded? Do we have our scheduled preventive maintenance? okay loaded. Do we have our parts loaded? How are they interacting? How are they working? Do we have work requests loaded? How can we create a work request and then turn it over to the work order and do work execution? Okay normally you can do this in a uh, sandbox environment or or a offline environment Um, that's your production or what they call prod but um, if you can also do it in prod if you want to as well there's a way of doing it you know it's called tracer. So you just pick one asset and trace it throughout its whole functionality and its um, autonomous interaction with all the other modules um, and make sure that it's fit for purpose and it follows your established workflows and your procedures and it supports um, how you envisage this working, okay? And also this is where you balance users of the system versus users of the data, okay? And an important piece here is let's make sure that out of the box, all right? I won't call it out of the box. That's the wrong connotation. Let's say out of the chute for our initial implementation, that it's not heavy on the data side. Because if, you're, if your initial implementation of your CMS is heavy on data utilization, I'm talking heavy, then you're taxing the users. And if you're taxing the users, you're going to get less buy-in. You're going to get a less adoption that's that's not really best practice and so we should have put that into thought in step five when we had an implementation plan and a go live plan okay understanding that this is how we eat the elephant and so when we roll this out we're going to roll out one section of the software all right where we're actually impacting the users to collect this data and then we're going to do what we call a a rolling wave go live Okay, in other words, another soft go live and another soft go live and another soft go live. All right, so you can do that and, and and be able to digest it easier rather than drinking from a fire hose, right? So then we get into step eight, training the main users, well, Good. So now I've got my system configured. I've got my data standardized. I've got all my workflows identified. Everything is done so far. Now I need to actually train the users, and this is extremely important, okay, because you need their adoption to be a winner. Make no mistake about it. You don't have the, the main users using the system. You, you're, you've are you gotten absolutely no being a successful implementation period okay At the buck stopped with them so let's turn our focus and our attention to training the main users we have many different uh, um, avenues of choice here can we do online training can we do on-site training can we do peer-to-peer training um, with train the trainer um, but take it serious and let's make sure that all the users are trained ready to go in their areas of impact with the system, okay? I don't mean that every user has to be trained on everything that the CMMS does, but um, case in point, if this is just a, a storeroom manager, then they only really need to understand the area of the software when it comes to inventory management purchasing, right? And maybe a little bit less of how it impacts with work orders, okay? And then likewise with somebody that's actually gonna be I'm um, using the system to document their work execution. All right, so they really don't need to understand how the POs work in the system and things of that nature. So it's really focused on what their um, role in the CMMS is going to be. But make sure that everybody is trained and is proficient. Okay. Without that, you're you're really just setting yourself you you are setting yourself up for failure. And then step nine. This is where you execute your Go Live strategy that you planned in step five, all right? So this is how we're gonna go about um, rolling this thing out. And as I said earlier, there are many different soft Go Lives that you can deploy. Um, Some can be simultaneous, some can be sessional, Um, but let's go ahead and roll this system out, all right? Remember, done is better than perfect all right and so it it may be part of our our rollout plan to actually pilot this in certain areas okay and if we're going to do that then that's a soft go live consideration and i'll pilot it out i'm going to get me some champions within that realm and then we're going to get feedback and we're going to go back and try to make this better and then we're going to roll it out to a bigger area or a bigger audience or a bigger group of users all right, so don't think of a CMS uh, implementation as a one or one and all. It doesn't have to be. Okay. In other words, we're going to flip the switch and then everybody's drinking from the same fire hose. You know, we don't have to do it that way. You actually can do many different soft go lives as your um, go live strategy. Okay, but we do have some companies that you know they're behind the eight ball. They're within one CMS platform, they're not gonna renew the licensing on that new CMS platform, but maybe because it's antiquated or whatever have you, and they're going into the new CMS platform and there is gonna be a cutoff date. There's so gonna be a, we are
0: running short on time, so let's make sure that we get to step 10. I don't wanna hurry you, but we are just about out of time.
1: You know, I, I appreciate the guidance
0: there. Sometimes <laughs> I, I just lose track of
1: time. You're doing All a right.
0: great job. Well, let's just go ahead and move
1: forward. Um, Step ten is also important: internal audit. This is where you actually go back and look at how well did we do, how well did we not do, what gaps do we need to close. Okay, um, this is all within the interest of Kaizen and continuous improvement approach. But let's go back and look at what we're where we're at and how does it measure up to where we thought we were going to go, and do we need to re-implement certain areas? So. Let's look at also the ducks in a row. Get your ducks in a row. I can't emphasize this one enough either. For your implementation initiative, make sure you have your team, your core familiarization, your workflows, SOPs, PCDs together, and data standardization done prior to you implementing the CMMS. Um, You do this, I promise you, you're not going to be in that 70 percentile of failure. I can just about promise you that. Sake of interest of time, not going to go into detail of the slide. Ten keys Agile approach, but basically, um, this brings together everything that I talked about. Where you have your core team, you have your stakeholders and their key interest in each areas of the impact of the software, and then you've gone in and, and identified what is going to be mandatory. In other words, what do we have to have according to our critical success factors for initial implementation? Those are your mandatory column, and then what are going to be of high interest? Um, outside of that scope, and then what are our desirables? In other words, what maybe can we look at in the future as a phase two, phase three? And then also identify what are some out of scope um, projects that you may have running at the same time that are going to be a kind of, they're going to be impacted by the seamless implementation. And so make sure we have those identified as well. Um, so it's kind of from a 10 keys agile approach. It's business process mapping is really what it is, but um, just as another tool set to use, bringing everything together as a 10 key steps into one form. And again, remember, set your milestones. So if your initial seamless implementation is milestone one, then let's do it all over again with milestone two. Maybe we're gonna be doing integration implementation. Well, it starts all over again. This is the, I, this is the key premise. Reassemble your core team, Make sure they're familiar with the, the, the software platform. Make sure that you have your workflows, SOPs, PCDs, documented, your data standardization completed. Make sure you have an implementation plan drawn. Then let's set about data, simulation and validation, system configuration, acceptance testing, user training, and then go live plan execution and then audit how well did we do. That's milestone two. And then guess what? Milestone three, let's do it all over again. Now we're going to do MRO spares implementation. Again, establish your core team. Make sure they're familiar with that area of the software's uh, capabilities. What workflows and SOPs and PCDs do you have established already? Make sure your data standardization is done, and then set about an implementation plan. And then milestone four, then milestone five, then milestone six. That's called a journey. Okay. So again, I can't emphasize it enough. If you if you follow these logical ten keys. Okay, and make sure that you are doing your due diligence in each one of these areas, you will have a great blueprint and a great roadmap so that you can eat the elephant. This is how you do it. You're not gonna do it all at one time, phase it out, set your milestones, but follow these 10 key steps with everything you do with the CMMS. Okay, every new initiative, every new rollout, every every new, any change, Okay, this is what you do, and that's how elephants eat.
0: All right, if you will forward to our next slide, Greg, and uh, folks, we will be sending you a copy of these slides afterward. Don't hang up yet, please, Um, but you're welcome to write down Greg's email address now gregoryperry at fluke.com. You are more than welcome to reach out to him directly. And I'm going to leave the show open here for another couple of minutes. So if you have questions for him, feel free to type the questions in now. Unfortunately, we are out of time for Q&A, but we'll make sure to get you a written answer. We'll respond back to you after we close the show down in the next couple of days. And again, as I said, you're welcome to ping Greg directly at gregoryperry at fluke.com. I also, Greg, if you'll forward to the next slide, want to encourage everyone to tune back in on June 17th because we have Klaus Blake presenting. And for those of you who've heard Klaus speak before, he has an enormous reservoir of information or research at his fingertips. And we've asked him to talk about leading and maintaining reliability in a crisis. And I think we're in for a really good presentation because I, I think Klaus is in a, like I said, an ideal situation to advise us on this. And uh, then last, if not least, go forward one more time, Greg, please. Uh, After I close this down, you're going to see a survey pop back up. So please wait a minute after I close the webinar and then enter the survey. Now, if you do want a certificate of attendance, you are welcome to, that is optional, but answer that question and we will get one to you. We'd also like to know how you thought about today's webinar and what sort of topics you'd like to see us address in the future. This webinar will be recorded. Go to the ExcelX.com website around tomorrow and you'll see it there. You can listen again and watch the whole thing. Uh, and then again, like I said, I hope to see you next time. Greg, thank you very, very much today. We got millions of questions. I'm sure you'll have uh, your hands full uh, getting back to everyone. But um, this was a wonderful presentation. Thank you.
1: Right, my pleasure. Appreciate it. Thank you for everyone that attended. Thank you so much and stay safe.
0: Indeed. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Have a great day and we'll see you next time.